Hi, everyone, and welcome to this online worship experience. Hey, we're so thankful that you've joined us today. And hey, before we go in any further, I just want to encourage you to click those share buttons and notify your friends and invite them to be a part of our worship experience. Also, let me just encourage you to uh, text me there on that number on the screen. Hey, I want to hear from you. If uh, there are specific prayer requests that you have, or maybe there's a need that you have that maybe as a church we could come alongside and help fulfill, we'd uh, love to do that. And also we want to celebrate with you if there's anything that God has been doing in your life. Maybe he's answered some prayers that we have been praying for uh, alongside with you. Well, we'd love to not just pray, but we'd also love to give some praise, some shout outs as it relates to what God has been doing. Also, uh, during this time, during this message, uh, man, it means the world to me to have your affirmation, your support. So in the little chat box or in the column session, uh, man, when God speaks to your heart, give them a little hearts, a little thumbs up there. Uh, give some comments and uh, man, let's engage and let's be a part of what God wants to say to each of our lives. Well, we've been in a series called How to Get Through What You're Going Through. And today we're concluding this series and I want to begin by asking a question. And here it is. Have you felt in any way in light of everything going on, the feelings of being discouraged or even disappointed? Have you felt in any way as though your dreams, your goals, your aspirations for 2020 has suddenly just been kind of like washed down the drain? Well, chances are, if you have answered yes to some of those questions, you're not alone. As a matter of fact, I think all of us, if we care to admit, have had moments of disappointment. We've had moments of being discouraged in light of everything going on. And I don't know what you're going through. I mean, you could be going through some financial situations because of maybe losing your job recently. Maybe it could be uh, just the loss of a friend or a loved one. Maybe you've lost a friend or loved one due to the coronavirus or some other related illness. Maybe it's just the disappointment or the pain of a relationship that just isn't, didn't work out. Maybe there's been some other situations or, or circumstances that just kind of have you feeling overwhelmed right now. And just the stress and the anxiety and really the fear and the uncertainty of everything that's uh, going on in your life right now just kind of really just has you feeling extremely discouraged. You haven't necessarily seen light at the end of the tunnel in your life or in your marriage or in your finances or in your family situation. But I just want to say three words to you before we go any further. And here are the three words. And I pray they just resonate in your heart. And the three words are these. Don't give up. In fact, you ought to just type that in the little chat box there. Don't give up. If you're with some friends watching this, say it out loud together. Don't give up. And the reason why is because you cannot let your disappointments or your discouragement derail you from your destiny. Today, we're going to look at a verse of scripture that I think is going to be a great source of help and encouragement to you. In fact, I find it fascinating. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1, um, here's what the scripture says. Now, before I read this, 
Let me remind you that in Hebrews chapter 11, the preceding chapter is considered to be, in the Bible, the hall of faith. In other words, it's kind of a, an outline of name after name after name of some of the great heroes of the faith, the men and the women of God, God that have gone before us. They've endured hardships and setbacks and trials, um, persecutions, some even death. And yet, what we find in this verse of scripture in Hebrews chapter 12, verse one, is a great sense of, of, of encouragement for our lives. And here's what it says. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, in other words, the, the men and women of faith, the patriarchs, those who have gone before us, keep in mind, they are cheering us on. And so let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with the perseverance, the race marked out for us. So I want you to understand something that we're all running a race. It is a temporary race because we're just passing through. This is not our home, okay? God has given us a certain amount of time here on earth. But at some point, we're going to spend much longer on the other side of eternity. And my prayer is if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, then you already have that peace in your heart knowing that your home is not here. It's in heaven. But you've got to understand those in heaven, our, our spiritual family, our brothers and sisters in Christ who have gone before us, it's like a cloud of witnesses. They are watching us run our race and they're cheering us on. They are standing with us. And they don't want us to give up. They want us to keep running. And so here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine a large stadium, and the stadium is packed with people. And these aren't just ordinary people. These are followers of Jesus. These are the men and women of faith, okay, who have gone before us. And out from the crowd emerges a man who walks out onto the track. And as you're running around the track, he suddenly meets you. And he begins to run with you. And as he's running by your side, his name happens to be Joseph. And as Joseph is running alongside of you, he knows you're getting tired. He knows you're getting weary. He knows you're feeling discouraged. Maybe you even feel disappointed because of some situations and some circumstances that you have had to face in your life. And I believe if he could run that lap with you, here's what he would do. He would remind you, whatever you do, don't give up. Because if anybody can relate to discouragement, it would be Joseph. In fact, in uh, the book of Genesis, in fact, almost half of the entire book of Genesis, uh, the first book in the Bible, is really Joseph's story. And what's interesting is we pick up his story in Genesis chapter 37, in verses 5 through 7, and also we'll pick it back up in verses 19 through 20. Joseph happened to be the youngest of 11 children. At the time, uh, his father, Jacob, eventually had 12 children. But at the time, Joseph was one of 11 children. In fact, he was the baby. He was considered to be the, the apple of his father's eye. And Jacob, who happened to be the grandson of, of Abraham, uh, now has these 11 children. 
But yet there was something about Joseph in Jacob's eyes that he favored. He gave him preferential treatment, so much so that uh, it created a lot of tension and sibling rivalry among his brothers. And I think the thing that kind of like put the icing on the cake is when his father, Jacob, gave Joseph what the Bible referred to as a multicolored robe. It really caused Joseph to stand out even more. And as a result, his brothers were just furious. They were jealous. They were, you know, they were caught up with envy. And so one day God gives Joseph a dream and he puts this dream in his heart and Joseph begins to articulate the vision, the dream that God had given him. And we'll pick up the story in verse five in Genesis chapter 37. And it says, Joseph had a dream and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. Can you imagine, you know, as he's sharing with great enthusiasm and excitement about this dream that God had given him, here his brothers are just like boiling even more as he's sharing this dream. They're just very angry, so much so that it said, and here's, here's what Joseph told him. He said to them, he said, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Now, I don't know about you, but I can only imagine what those brothers must have been thinking and feeling at the time. They were probably processing, thinking to themselves, you're, you're, you're saying what? We're going to eventually bow down to you? Well, that you know, obviously didn't go over very well. And so as a result, through this anger and jealousy and sibling rivalry, here's what began to happen. After Joseph told his brothers the dream, they began to plot to eventually kill him. And so one day they're out in the fields and they see Joseph come walking along. And, and we'll pick up the story once again there in verse 19. And here's where we pick it up. It says, here comes that dreamer. They were calling him that dreamer. They said to each other, Come now, let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say that a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. So here's what's interesting. Joseph, at the age of 17, was given a dream by God. And yet through this dream, he shares it with his brothers, with his family. He's immediately met with rejection, so much so that he finds himself not only being uh, threatened with his life by his own brothers, but instead of killing him, they decided to sell him. And so they throw him into a pit. And then eventually he's going from a pit into a prison. And then until eventually God raised him up and put him into a palace. Now at the age of 17, he receives a dream, but yet that dream was derailed that literally took him the opposite direction for over 23 years before his dream was realized. So if anybody relates to disappointment, setbacks, discouragement, defeat, hey, it's Joseph. But here's what I believe Joseph would want to say. There are four things. If you have something to write with, I encourage you to jot these down. The first would be this. He would say, hey, whatever you do, don't give up, even if, even if you didn't start off well. You know, I think all of us, if we care to admit, um, maybe for some of us, you know what? Things just didn't get started off on the right foot. 
you know, we made some mistakes. There's some things that maybe we had good intentions of doing, but maybe things didn't go as planned. As a matter of fact, um, there is a chart. I'm going to show you a graph there on the screen. And I think for many of us, we, we see our life, you know, the way it's supposed to be. And that's, of course, you know, just a smooth, straight line to the top. That means success, right? But yet I think the reality is, is that our intention is that it would be a smooth, straight, you know, uh, journey to the top. But really, instead, success is really filled with, you know, especially the road to success of life. You know, it's all zigzags and twists and turns and highs and lows and ups and downs and detours. And, you know, that's kind of the way life is. And so sometimes things don't always go as hoped. And here's the thing that I want to share with you. You know, I can relate to the fact that my wife, Michelle, and I, when we started our church 19 years ago, as a matter of fact, Easter Sunday was our 19th anniversary. And we left everything in Texas, our friends, our family, our home, everything. We moved here with a dream in our heart to start a church in a place called Lake Nona. And what's interesting is that when we came here, you know, we had no idea what to expect. All we had was a dream in our heart. Well, little did we know that when we got started, things would not end up exactly the way we thought they were going to end up. As a matter of fact, we found ourselves after nine months packing our bags and we left Lake Nona because we realized we were way ahead of the growth curve. And we went all the way across town off of International Drive and met in the movie theater for nine months months. And then after nine months in the movie theater, we went across I-4 to a high school called Dr. Phillips High School. We were there for over three and a half years. And then we relocated back to um, just south of the downtown area. And we were there, we thought would be maybe two to three years when 14 years later, we ended up being in a shopping center until God opened the door for us to eventually get back into the place that we all began uh, in, and that was the place known as Lake Nona. And so what's crazy is that here we are some 19 years later, coming back full circle, and I can honestly say, you know what, God put a dream in our heart, but guess what? It, things didn't go like we thought they were gonna go. And I think what happens a lot of times is that we have a lot of disappointments, we have a lot of things that come along that we never really expected, but the truth of the matter is, if we're not careful, we can allow our disappointments and we can allow our discouragement to derail us from our destiny. And I think there may be some of you here today and you just need to be reminded of the fact that, listen, you are not defined by your past. Listen, we have an accuser who wants to accuse you and remind you of your past. But listen, you need to remind him of his future you are not defined by your past. In fact, your past does not dictate your future. Listen, your future is defined by God. So the next time the accuser wants to point his finger at you and remind you of your failures, again, you remind the evil one, the devil, the accuser, you remind him of his future. So I believe Joseph would want us to know and understand, you know what? Hey, there are going to be times when you feel like giving up but don't give up even when things don't go as planned. The second thing is this. Number two is that don't give up even though those closest to you don't support you. And I think this is important for us to understand and realize because, you know, when Joseph shared his dream with his brothers, 
it was met with immediate rejection. And, you know, I think what happens a lot of times is that we go through situations and circumstances where, especially maybe in our childhood, where we're met by individuals who didn't believe in us. And it could have been your own parents. It could have been a sibling. It could have been a coach or a teacher that you looked up to. You valued their opinion, but yet for some reason they didn't believe in you. They didn't believe in your potential. And I just believe what happens is that in many people is they find themselves being greatly disappointed and defeated and discouraged simply because, you know, the things that they have in their heart, their goals, their dreams, their aspirations were rejected by the people that they really wanted affirmation and approval from. There's no greater wound. There's no deeper pain in one's life than the pain of rejection. But I'm here to tell you, no one can understand and relate and empathize more with the pain of rejection than Jesus. In fact, the Bible says that he was despised and rejected of men. Even when he was a young boy in his hometown in in Nazareth, the Bible says it this way in Mark chapter 6, that as he was teaching, you know, people were kind of mocking and ridiculing him. And they didn't even believe in him. And they said, isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James? Joseph, Judas, and Simon, aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. And Jesus said to them, only in his hometown, among his relatives, and in his own house is a prophet without honor. So here Jesus is shown disrespect and he's shown a lack of honor. And here he was, the son of the living God. And yet those closest to him rejected him. And I don't think there's anything, like I said, more painful, more discouraging, or even defeating than knowing those who are closest to you aren't necessarily supporting what God has placed in your heart. And so the thing that we have to realize is that in these moments of discouragement, just like Joseph would remind us, I believe there's a third thing, and that is he would remind us, don't give up even if your journey is full of surprises. I want to share with you 11 events in Joseph's life throughout his story that is remarkable to think about. Number one is that he was misunderstood by his family. Number two, he was sold into slavery by his brothers. He lived in a strange country far from home. He was given favor in Potiphar's house, but yet he was wrongly accused by Potiphar's wife. He was thrown into prison. He was put in charge of all of the prisoners. So here he is thrown in prison, and yet he's now given favor by the warden. And now he's forgotten by the chief butler. He remained in prison for another two years. Okay, then he is interpreting the Pharaoh's dream, and then he becomes second in command of all of Egypt. Out of those 11 major events in his life, Only four of those events gave him any sense of encouragement to keep on going. The rest of those major events in his life caused him to want to throw in the towel and give up. And so my question to you is this, what do you do when you're in those give up moments in life? Are you going to give up or are you going to go on? Well, we have to learn what Joseph learned. And that is even when he felt like giving up, he remembered that the Lord was with him. 
And you need to do the same thing. Today, listen, I don't know what you're going through and I have no idea what kind of situations and circumstances you're facing, but you just need to be reminded that God is with you. He is for you. He's never going to leave you, nor will he ever forsake you. I'm here to tell you, God is with you and you need to be encouraged by that. Here's what the Bible says. The Bible says in Romans 8, 28, and we know The Bible says, Paul said, and we know. The question is, do you know? Do you know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose? Let me tell you something. God has a plan and he has a purpose for your life. And God's going to take the good, the bad, and the ugly, and everything in between. And if we'll let him, he'll turn it all around and use it even for the greater good in our lives. Listen, even when Joseph didn't understand what God was doing, God knew what he was doing the entire time. And so we need to be reminded and be encouraged by the fact that when we feel like giving up, listen, even in your journey, even even if your journey is filled with surprises, you need to keep on going. The fourth thing that I think that Joseph would want us to know is this. Even if it takes a long time to realize it, don't give up. Don't give up in your life, even if it takes a long time to realize the dream, the goal, the aspiration that you have in your heart. You know, one of the things that uh, I mentioned a few moments ago that Michelle and I, when we started our church 19 years ago, Man alive, we had no idea that we would be on the, the detour and the, and the journey that we had to, you know, experience. But here we are, you know, at the beginning of 2020, we introduced to our church the vision. We, in fact, we called it Imagine 2020. And it's we're reimagining the dream that God has placed in our hearts about finding land and being able to have a, a permanent place that we can truly call home after 19 years. And then all of a sudden, here we are stuck in the middle of COVID-19. Who would have ever thought 90 days into a new calendar year as we're dreaming and hoping and praying and believing God for great things. And all of a sudden, man, our world has suddenly been, it, it feels in many ways like somebody has pulled the emergency brake. And honestly, for a moment, it was very defeating and discouraging. But you know what? God just kept kept reminding me that, hey, I'm in control, and I have a plan, and I have a purpose, and I'm going to continue to work my purpose, and I'm going to continue to work my plan, even though you may not understand it. But here's what God keeps telling me, is that whatever you do, don't give up, even though you may not be at a place where that dream or that vision has been realized yet. I love what the scripture says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 3. These things I planned won't happen right away. <laughs> That's real encouraging, isn't it? You got to put that on your refrigerator. These things that I've planned won't happen right away. Well, he goes on to say, slowly, steadily, surely. Well, That's not real comforting either. But the fact is, God is reminding us that steadily, slowly, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. 
And then he goes on to say, if it seems slow, do not despair for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. So I just want to remind you, listen, just like I believe of the hope and the future that God has for us as a church, I believe God has a hope and a future for you. And whatever you're dreaming, listen, you keep on going. Don't throw in the towel and give up. Because listen, I just want you to be reminded today that as we steadily, slowly, but yet surely run the race that God has for us, in God's timing, listen, he's going to give us the desires of our heart. He's going to open doors that no man can shut. And I believe that God is going to do things in us and through, in, through, and through us in ways that we could have never possibly imagined. The Bible says, no, mind, no eye has seen, no mind has imagined, no ear has heard the great things that God has for them. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could think or even imagine. So what would, I guess, Joseph's final words of encouragement be for us today? Well, here are some, some things that I just want to leave you with. Number one is this, focus on what has uh, happened in you, not to you. I think that's so important. You know, if you were maybe uh, a part of the first uh, installment of this series, you know, I proposed two questions and it was now what and so what? And those are two important questions that we need to stop and ask ourselves. Why? Because that's really the questions that we need to ask God, now what and so what, as it relates to what God wants to do in us. You see, the temptation is that we get so focused on what has happened to us that we fail to realize that what's happened around us and maybe what's happened to us, maybe God wants to use us to do a deeper work in us. And so don't waste these situations. Don't waste the season that we're in because trust me, God is not going to allow the, the season to be wasted. God wants to use this season to teach us and to show us and to prepare us and to strengthen us for even greater things that he has in store for us. I love what James chapter one, verses two and three says, consider it pure joy, my brothers. Now I've never met anybody who, when you ask them on the street how things are going, I've never had anybody say, man, I am just counting it joy because I'm going through the most difficult season of my life. That seems like such a contradiction and oxymoron. But the truth of the matter is, James is teaching us, we ought to see it as a positive thing. Change your perspective. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops endurance. And so listen, allow this season to strengthen us. Listen, I believe we're going to come out healthier, better, stronger on the other side. We will get through what we're going through if we don't give up. So we got to do as Joseph has been encouraging all along. Keep on going. Keep running our race. The second is this. Listen, your response to offense determines your destiny. You know, at the end of Joseph's life, once again, you know, he's, he's, um, he, he was plotted to basically be killed by his brothers, but instead uh, they ended up throwing him in a pit. Um, some travelers came by, some traders came by, they ended up selling Joseph off. 
And basically they sold him, sold him into human slavery. So now he, they, he's sold as a slave. He's taken to this foreign land. And now all of a sudden um, he goes from, you know, this pit. And now he's going into a situation where now he's, he's elevated. Now he's put into a palace. And yet in this moment of given opportunities, he's being falsely accused by Potiphar's wife. Now he's thrown into a prison. And so here he is, once again, experiencing a setback, a disappointment. He spends two years in this situation in prison. And yet one of the, one of the um, butlers who got you know, called out, you know, um, was asked by, by, um, by Pharaoh to, um, to interpret a dream. And he couldn't remember the dream. He couldn't, he couldn't recount the dream that, that Pharaoh wanted him to, to interpret. And then he remembered about Joseph in prison. And so when he called Joseph to leave prison and to come to Pharaoh's side to see if he could interpret his dream, here's what happened. God gave Joseph the revelation to interpret that dream. And so the dream was is that there was going to be seven years of prosperity. And during that time of prosperity, they were to store up and harvest, if you will, grains and all of the food so that through that storehouse, there would come a seven-year famine, famine. And during that famine, they would be able to have plenty to be able to survive. We hear now all of a sudden, because of the favor that was given to Joseph, now he's elevated and is put in charge to oversee all the administrative affairs, and he's placed as the number two man in charge. And in this moment, he sees his brothers and as his brothers are coming now to him to get food for their survival, the vision that he had as a 17-year-old boy is now being realized and fulfilled. And what happened in that moment is that the brothers didn't recognize Joseph, but Joseph recognized his brothers. And as his brothers came and knelt before him, Joseph could have taken revenge. Joseph could have taken his anger out on his brothers. Joseph could have rejected him, but instead he didn't allow that offense to derail his destiny. And I just want to encourage you, whatever you do, hey, you need to travel light. Don't carry offenses because listen, unresolved hurt, anger, resentment, bitterness would derail you from your destiny quicker than anything else. And I think it's a powerful lesson that we learn from Joseph's life. Do not allow the offenses of your past or of your circumstances to rob you of the destiny that God has for you. And the third thing, in other words, I love, in fact, let me just say this. I love what Joseph told his brothers. He said, you know what? He said, you intended to harm me, but he said, but God intended it for good. So, you know, he's basically saying, you guys have may have meant it for evil, but God had a bigger plan and I needed to learn what I learned so that I could fulfill the destiny that God had for me. The last thing I want to leave you with is this. Every dream has tough times. In other words, life is hard, but remember, God is always with you. 
The Bible says it this way in Psalm 139, verses 8 through 10. If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there, your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. I just want to remind you, listen, what God starts, he finishes. And so even though, listen, your goals, your dreams, your aspirations, you know, what you set your sights on for 2020, just because things haven't turned out as you had hoped, just because you've had some setbacks, you've experienced some moments of defeat and discouragement, don't allow your defeat or your discouragement to derail you from your destiny. Be encouraged and reminded that God is with you, he's for you, and he's never going to forsake you. God wants you to be encouraged knowing that he is in control of your life. Today, I want to invite you to do me a favor, and that is to bow with me in a word of prayer. And as your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, wherever you are in this moment, if you're with some friends or maybe with your family, it could be by yourself, but I want you just to quiet your spirit, just quiet your heart for this moment. And I just want to say to you, you know, you, you may be in a place right now where you feel alone, you feel isolated. Maybe you feel as though, um, you know, the setbacks that you've endured, the hardships that you're facing right now just has you feeling completely overwhelmed. And I just want to, once again, I just want to speak a life into you and encourage you and just remind you that, listen, God knows, he understands, and he cares about the details of your life. He cares about what you're going through. And he's going to see you to the other side. He's going to make sure that you get through what you're going through if you'll trust him. And so today, maybe what you need to do, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, and maybe you've been focusing on how big your problems are, maybe you just need to refocus on how big your God is. And you just need to look to him, trust him, you need just to let everything go and relinquish those things to him today. Maybe you're watching and you know what? You've never put your faith in Jesus. Maybe some friends have told you about our church and maybe this is the first time you've actually been a part of a service like this and you're thinking to yourself, well, man, I've wanted to give up countless times in my life. But I'm here to tell you, no matter what you've encountered in your life, man, God can put the pieces of your life back together because of what Jesus did on a cross. And so today, I just want to invite you, man, to put your faith and your trust in Jesus. Allow him to forgive you and to save you and to give you a new beginning. And all you got to do is simply bow your head and just invite Jesus by praying these words in your heart. You can invite him in, into your, your life to be your Lord and Savior. You can pray something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I'm a sinner and I turn from my sin. And Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross and you arose again. And today by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you just pray that prayer and you just meant it, can, can you do me a favor? Would you just right now, would you just text that number on the screen and just say, I prayed the prayer, or just put, um, I decided. And what that will do is it will send you 
a link that will have a form that you can take a moment and fill out. It really would mean a lot to me if you'd take a moment and fill that out. And I want to send you a little booklet called Rethinking Life Every Day. It's a little tool that my wife and I put together that will be a great source of help and encouragement to you. But if you'll text that number and say, hey, I prayed the prayer, I decided, and we'll send that to you and uh, we'll make sure that you get that. Well, I want you to know, hey, God is going to see you through what you're going through. Whatever you do, remember those three words, don't give up.